Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Intentional Mind Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about what to do if you struggle focusing. So if that's you, this may be the episode for you. I'm talking about maybe you actually have ADHD, like you've been diagnosed with ADHD, or you just present like you have ADHD sometimes. Or maybe you just have what I call the monkey mind, where you can be easily distracted, where this can cause some issues in your life, um, where you start to feel a lot of shame or guilt around the, the fact that you didn't get the things done that you wanted to get done. Like you set out to do something and then somehow something else happened, you got distracted, or maybe you were avoiding some of the things you know you need to do because you just don't like to do them, that kind of stuff. But it causes this cycle of shame and guilt. We're going to be talking about that on today's episode as well. So today on the show, you're going to be hearing from my friend who's an ADHD coach. His name is Ryan Mayer. He was just talked about in Forbes magazine. A shout out to Ryan. So I'm celebrating that with him. Uh, but in this episode, we're also going to be talking about tips, like three amazing, actually there's more than three amazing, several amazing tips that you can use to stay focused on what is important to you so that you can make progress in a way that you're really proud of. Ryan's also going to share some insights on what on finding fulfilling work when you have ADHD and what to consider. So if that's you, listen up because he's got some insights on that as well. And with that said, even if you don't have ADHD, I know he's an ADHD coach, but even if you don't have ADHD, this episode will still be valuable because we all as human beings struggle at times staying focused. And he has some really good tips on that. And fun fact, like 30 to 40% of the people that Ryan works with don't even have ADHD. I thought that was interesting. Okay, so before we get into it and you get to hear from Ryan, I actually saved a part of the recording that wasn't supposed to go on the podcast um, to put on the podcast because I wanted you to hear just Ryan's heart and how he shows up. So I'm going to play a little clip from him showing me what one of his clients had created for him. And it's a picture of, you'll, you'll hear what it is. It's a picture of something. And I just think it's a cool way to start this episode. So here we go. One of my clients sent me this. I'm getting like choked up just saying it. Wow. So this is a guardian angel watching over a sleeping child. But what my client said, he's like, dude, you're like a guardian angel for people with ADHD. And I just think about because I always bring the fire. And so the fact that um, God's watching over you, protecting you, and lining all these things up, I don't know. I just felt like I should show you that for some reason. Okay, let me elaborate on this. So this was a gift that a client had given Ryan, this beautiful angel picture. And clearly it was very meaningful to him. So since I saw this gift, it got me really thinking about how I give and how I want to give and the kind of light I want to be in the world. And recently I had another one of my friends, shout out to Val, who sent me a card in the mail with a little gift card for Starbucks. And she was just 
basically sending me love about my event that was coming up and saying, hey, get a coffee on me, like on that day. And it was such a meaningful thing that she did that she took the time to write out a card and send it to me. And I, and I thought about how I want to be the person that is actually intentional about the way that I give and I highlight others. At my event, if you were there, you know that I talked about being a highlighter in this world and being the person that goes out and highlights the goodness in others, which is what Ryan's client did with that photo or that picture of the angel. It was like highlighting the good in him. And it feels so good to be recognized. And I think about how if we are the highlighters in the world and we're going out there and highlighting the goodness in other people, whether that's with our words, whether that's with us sending a meaningful gift or whatever it is, we benefit from that as well. Like that, that creates an energy shift in us. I was listening to a podcast earlier today and the guy quoted the Dalai Lama and he said this, being kind to others is the only time it's okay to be selfish. And the reason why he says it's selfish is because it benefits you too when you are really kind to others, when you give them that meaningful gift or that meaningful compliment. And the reason I felt called to bring this up is because we're about to talk about some ways that you can shift out of feeling shame and guilt around not getting things done. And I just want to remind you that it's all about being intentional with your energy. I know that's what we talk about on the show all the time, but that's really what it's about. So when you are showing up as the person that is highlighting the goodness in other people, then you're being intentional with your energy. You're being intentional about the energy that you're putting out, that goodness. And that comes back to you. I feel like it comes back to you so much more when you do that. And then you align, I know the sound so woo as I say it, but you align with things that are, are, are of goodness because you're showing up that way. You're a match for that. All right, for some reason I felt like I just had to share that on today's episode. So let's get right into it. Let's hear from Ryan. Here we go. Let's start off with the question that everybody gets asked, which is that tell me about yourself question, but specifically, I want to know about you personally and then who you help and how you help them. Yes. So who I am is a husband, a father, and a coach who helps. Well, I, I'm located in tropical Cleveland, Ohio. I think that's always a fun little fact to, to toss in. <laughs> and I help people like me with ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, uh, specifically entrepreneurs and business leaders to navigate through the storms in their lives caused by ADHD by giving them actionable uh, strategies to work on to reach their goals. Awesome. So with your experience and your wisdom, I am really curious about your insights around something that I've struggled with, which is where I set out to do something and I get distracted for whatever reason or I underestimated how long something would take and I end up not doing those things that I set out to do. And then I find myself feeling a lot of shame or guilt around how I used my time 
because I know later it ends up impacting my family in a negative light because I don't show up the best way because I'm not proud of how I showed up that day or I just feel bad around how I use my time or I'm just distracted even when I'm with them thinking about the thing that I didn't do. So it's like this whole shame cycle. And and I'm curious around your insights around that and different strategies that can help you actually get the things done that you set out to do. I'm so glad you asked because I will first tell you, you're not alone in feeling that way. No matter if someone has ADHD or doesn't have an official diagnosis, we live in a very busy culture. We live in a very distracted, I'm using air quotes, uh, distracted world with lots of alerts and notifications and things that are fighting for our attention. What I would tell you, as I tell my clients, is we're not going to be able to be everything for everyone. And one of the biggest shifts that I help my clients to go through is deciding what's actually realistic. Because for those of us who have ADHD, we're the eternal optimist. So when I build my to-do list for the day, it can be a mile long. And at the beginning of the day, I legitimately feel like I can get it done. And it's only about around like two o'clock, three o'clock that I'm like, you know what? I think I might've been a little over ambitious about this. I'll never forget uh, having a conversation with my former coach, master certified coach. I I refer to him as the living legend. His name is Jay Perry, ADHD coach. And with you being a coach, you know this, Angela, like when you get together with your clients, they tend to bring up a lot of the same topics as previous calls. Mm-hmm. And so I jokingly refer to it as the Ryan reruns. So <clears throat> he said, so Ryan, what's going on? And I said, well, I'm feeling really frustrated. And he said, why? And I said, I have this whole list of things I want to do. And at the end of the day, I haven't gotten any of them done. And he said, well, how many things are on your to-do list? I said, I don't know, maybe 20 or so. And he goes, okay, how much time do you have available to actually get those 20 things done? And I look at my schedule. I don't know, maybe two, two and a half hours. Okay, how often do you get all 20 done? And I said, good point. Uh, Pretty much never. And how does that make you feel? Terrible. Like a lot of negative self-talk, a lot of guilt, a lot of frustration, a lot of shame, honestly. And I feel like I'm breaking promises to everybody. And he said, Ryan, we have the power to define the rules of the games we play. And this one has stuck with me for the last five years because he told me that and he said, what if you tried this? Draw a line over number four in your list. Okay, great. I've done that. And he said, how about we just work on three things in a day? Mm -hmm. So then I started doing that. And it's one of those things where it's so simple. That just even seems silly. But I got to tell you, (laughs) when I did it, it was incredible. Because I would knock out all three things and I felt 
like I could take on the world. Like I came, I remember my wife came home from work and normally I'm like barricaded in my office trying feverishly to get all these things done. Mm -hmm. And I come like, like bouncing down the stairs, like, hello, everyone. Like I pick up my kids (laughs) and give them a big kiss. She's like, what got into you? I'm like, I got all three things on my list done. So it's just about changing perspective. So it's not that I don't still have those 20 things to do. I just chose to only, to be realistic, lower the standard to something that's a a game I can actually win. That's such a good strategy Uh, because you're right. Like a lot of us are not setting ourselves up for success. And then we are then training ourselves to be the person that never accomplishes what we want. Correct. So we really got to look at how is how are we currently trying to manage our time and is that actually working for us and is that actually leading to the feelings we want to have and ultimately the energy that we want that we need to get the things done because that exactly. just puts you into that sh- doubt and you know the guilt and shame and all that. Exactly. And then what ends up happening after that? Well, I'm in a bad mood. I'm mad at myself. Mm-hmm. So then that spills over into my personal life. So now I'm trying to be present with my wife and kids and I'm just frustrated about the stuff I didn't get done. But when I switch it and I think, okay, I got all three things done. Now I'm like, good. I can totally unplug like we should be able to do and I'll get to the other stuff tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. It matters so much because it's not just about getting things done. It's about how you feel about yourself in your life exactly. and that ripple effect into everything else that matters so much to you. And what I find for my clients is when we are acting in a frustrated, not so loving way, Mm -hmm. many times it has nothing to do with the people around us and everything to do with ourselves. So we're really frustrated about the things we didn't get done. And so because of that, we're acting angry or, you know, not nice towards other people. Definitely. Because it's like we have regrets around how we spent our time. And then it goes back to if you have the, if you have ADHD or you have like that monkey mind that we were talking about, then it's like, it is, the truth is it is difficult for you to focus. So it causes like this shame spiral, but then again, it's like something that you truly are struggling with. So I'm curious as someone who works with people who Mm -hmm. actually have ADHD, what are your top strategies that you help people develop? I think it's important first to rewind a little bit. (laughs) Back to the beginning of a lot of people are self-diagnosing or might say, like I get this one a lot on my social media, at ADHD Coach Ryan, by the way, um, is isn't everyone a little bit ADHD? Mm-hmm. And what I will, my response to that is, well, sure, everyone might have some aspects of what looks like ADHD. Like you might forget something or lose your keys or be running late or maybe make an impulse purchase when you didn't mean to. But where ADHD actually comes into the picture is where these are so severe and pervasive that it's negatively impacting areas of our lives in a huge way, like lots of divorce, financial troubles, losing Mm -hmm. or spotty job history, poor health decisions, deep in debt, things like that. So I think it's important for people to know ADHD is very real. 
and it's an ana, uh, neurological brain-based order, brain-based disorder with anatomical challenges. Let me back that up and redo it. I think it's important for people to know that ADHD is very real. The struggle is real because there's a real difference in our brains anatomically. Like neuro messages don't send as strongly in the brains of those of us with ADHD. So back to your question of what do I tell people? Every single day, I tell people just pick three because one of the things where we get the whole paralysis by analysis is when we're looking at that list of 20 or 40 or 50 things or an inbox of 10,000 that we haven't touched, just pick three. Mm -hmm. And I, I call it my MVP system, which is most valuable priority. So MVP, one, two, three. And then I, I tell everyone this, the clients that are most successful with me are the ones who are willing to participate in the process. Because I tell them as a coach, you're not paying me to babysit you. You're paying me to be your accountability partner where I'm not going to chase you around if you haven't done that thing, right. but I'll invite you to send me a message to say, here's what I'm working on today. And so I have a couple different groups that I'll text with. And it's incredible how when you are with a supportive group, that's not your life partner, not your mom, not your parents who are helping you and not judging if you get it done or not, the results just start going through the roof. Oh, definitely. So obviously accountability plays a huge role in, in helping people follow through. So it sounds like the, and I know the answer to this, that it's, it's helpful to not only if you have ADHD, but if you just want to get anything done in your life, but why is it especially helpful to those with ADHD? Dr. Ned Hollowell, who wrote some of the most notable books on ADHD, things like Driven from Distraction and ADHD 2.0, he mm -hmm. has so many great one-liners about ADHD. And one of them is, for people with ADHD in our brains, it's either now or not now. So it people can think back to the Eisenhower matrix where it's like urgent and important, urgent, but not important, not important, but urgent or not important, but yeah, urgent. So for people with ADHD, we need to essentially create uh, this urgency that unless that's there, our brains, just, it won't even get on our radar. Mm -hmm. Like a tangible example would be taxes. Like everyone knows Ooh. when taxes are. Oh, everyone's like listening, like, oh, taxes. I mean, I know that that's not fun for anyone, <laughs> but so many people with ADHD end up being years behind because they can't get themselves to do it. Mm -hmm. So if someone were partnering with me, if it was a client of mine and they're like, Hey, I really struggle to get my taxes done. One of the things that I would say is let's break it down. Again, this is not, you know, rocket science, but What's the very first thing? Like, do you even know where to start? Because do my taxes is not a task. That's a project. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell them like, what's the, I call it the on-ramp. What's the very first activity just to get you started? And maybe it's like calling my accountant <laughs> or um, opening my, you know, expenses files or whatever. 
So those are some of the tips I would give is like, think of the very, very, very first step and then create that sense of urgency by having a deadline. Awesome. So that helps you shift out of overwhelm because you, you are more clear around what that first step is. And then that might go into your V your MVP list. Mm -hmm. And then as you complete that, you end up being proud of yourself. And then that energy and the momentum builds up. And then it also helps that you celebrate with other people too, when you get that effect of that kind of energy of celebration. 100%. And the other thing too is, I remember one of my clients, he's one of my elite clients, he's a cardiologist. And I told him this stat that he always quotes back to me. 80% of procrastination is due to ambiguity. So many mm. times people don't get started because they don't actually know the first step. And it's not until I really press them on it. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? Well, I don't want to pick, I don't want to keep talking about taxes, but let's say lose weight. Okay. Yeah. Well, how much do you want to lose? Well, yeah, I just don't look good. Okay. Well, how much do you want to lose? Well, uh, 15 pounds. Okay, great. So what's the plan? What are you going to do? Oh, I, you know, going to get to the gym more. Is your membership up to date? When are you available to go? When, like, what classes are you getting? That kind of stuff. Like, getting specific is terrific. Like, I like to tell them that all the time. Yeah. Specific is terrific. And so I'll tell them that. And then the other thing that I think is sort of um, a myth that's out there is you may have heard the phrase from this is like 90s. Uh, self-help stuff. Eat the frog based on a Mark mm -hmm. Twain quote. So do the hardest thing first and then everything else is way easier. But the the asterisk on that is unless you have ADHD. Ooh. Because, because what will happen is, okay, yes, uh, do the really hard project. So then what do we do? All day we go do like this other thing and this thing. Well, I've been meaning to like clean up and tidy my office. and so It's like, well, you're only doing that because you don't want to do the one thing. Yeah. I saw this meme online that said, if you see someone with ADHD cleaning, like cleaning a toilet, for example, go give them a hug because that means that they're avoiding something and they feel really bad about it. Um, yeah. So, so then what I tell them is instead of eat the frog, I never told you you had to do one, two, and three in that order. Just do any of them. So if I feel, for example, if I feel resistance to task number one, I go, all right, that's not working for some reason. Let's jump over to three. So I tell them, keep it within the guardrails of one, two, and three. But even if you get number three done, now you start getting that dopamine that our brains so desperately crave. And we go, all right, you know what? I got three done. I can do two or I can do one. Let's go. So it's about building yes. momentum. And I love that you say it's the dopamine that we crave because with us with ADHD, mm -hmm. tell us about that relationship between ADHD and dopamine. Yeah. So you may remember earlier when I mentioned our brains are anatomically different. So first of all, our brains are anywhere from two to 3% smaller. Like there is less brain up there and the, uh, the neurotransmitter dopamine, the messages we're sending are not being communicated as efficiently as someone who is neurotypical or doesn't have ADHD. So for us, it's a lot harder to get started. So it's just a matter of like, we have to get going and feel the win and feel how good that is. And then the dopamine starts to flow like, yes, I did it. 
like for me, one of the biggest dopamine generators is crossing something off of a list and having that, like that anticipation of, Ooh, here we go. Like it feels really good. Yeah. I love that feeling too. And I love that you point out this whole concept of why we shouldn't be focused on eating the frog. And especially if we have ADHD, because I think for some people that might work for them, you know, the, the eating the frog, doing that hardest thing first. But if we go back to energy, which is something I often talk about, if you have a lot of resistance towards something, you might actually need to do something else to get that energy to shift so that you can get more into that state of flow. And so I like this concept of you're picking your MVP, three items, and then you're not attached to specifically when you're doing either of them. They're just, they give you options. So it's like being intentional, but unattached, which is something I share often, but I I really feel like this is all about it's an energy thing, like really understanding your own energy and figuring out how you can get into that state of make yourself proud and then shift up and then into that state of flow where you're really making progress. 100%. And I love what you say about energy management because one of the things that I learned, and I'm sure that the people that are listening to this, the folks that are in your audience, you've had that feeling before where you write with pen on your planner. You know, we've heard about time blocking, like pick a time to do it and do that task. How many people out there, show of hands, I love saying that on podcasts, by the way, (laughs) Uh, show of hands, how many people have written something in pen from let's say 10 to 1030 and you don't do that task? And then how badly do you feel about yourself? Instead, Mm -hmm. just have at least what I do. I suggest to people have like a working block where I call it like the MVP time of like bounce around in those. And as long as you're working in your valuable priorities, now you're not feeling bad about like, well, I was supposed to do number one, but I did number three. I'm such a terrible person. No, as long as you're making progress, you're going to build that momentum. Exactly. I love that you say this because I run a program called Commit to Your Vision. And we do a Mm. lot of work around helping people be intentional with their time. And I think about the entire program as training your brain to be who you want to be. And there's a lot of components in it around the way we set up our time is really focused on energy management. So we're not attached. Like I go back to that, that mantra that I always use. I'm intentional, but I'm unattached. So I actually teach around doing time blocks but not being crazy specific about what is happening when it's more of, like you said, a block for MVP activities, a block for self-care, a block for like that kind of broadness is there, but yet you hear other goal experts, I would say mm-hmm. really hone in on like the, the, the specificity of it. And I feel like you need to be specific around, like you said, deciding what those MVP items are, but you still need to practice this being intentional and unattached way of being, because I actually write in my planner with a pencil very intentionally, because I know how it makes my energy feel when I write something down in pen and I don't get that thing done and I'm crossing all this stuff off. It shifts me into a lower state and it doesn't make me proud of myself. And then the negative impacts of that that affects, that's ripples into all kinds of things, how it affects my family and how I show up and how it reinforces this message that I don't get things done and I'm training my brain to be that person. So I feel like really thinking about whatever you are doing now, 
for your productivity strategies. One, is it working? And two, what is the energy that's being generated by the things that you are doing? I love this. And I can see now I'm reminded of why your programs are so successful because I am a huge proponent as well of energy management, not time yeah. management, <laughs> because we can't actually manage time. Time's not going to change because we want it to change. Yeah. But, but for example, knowing that I am the best, like I can focus the best from let's call it 830 to like 1130. That's when I just feel like I'm in my best zone. Me too. Right. So that's that's when my battery is the fullest, when I'm sharpest, I have creative ideas. And I tell my clients a lot about the concept of the attention battery. So by the end of the day, I'm sure many people have experienced this. You're feeling, I think people call it like extra crispy, like you're just burned out at the end of the day, like you're <laughs> running on empty. And it's no surprise that it's really hard to try to do that hard thing at the end of the day because of the fact you haven't charged your battery. Or if you did have a full battery, you kind of wasted that on scrolling or whatever earlier. So mm -hmm. that's another tactic I'll tell people is manage your attention battery, manage your energy. Yeah, that's so important. And it makes me think about some of my career coaching clients over the years and how I have really pushed a lot of people to try to do the work earlier in the day yes. because whatever, because let's say they want to make a career transition or they want to work on something related to this vision that they have or this goal like saving it for the end of the day, I do not recommend because that's not when any human being has their best energy. I, I really believe that because you've been giving energy away the entire day. And do you yes. really want to give that little bit of leftover energy into something you really care about? No, you want to save the best energy for that thing. So I think that's something to be thinking about too. I completely agree. So I'm so curious, Ryan, because I know that like me, you also struggle with ADHD. Mm -hmm. And um, so for those that don't know, Ryan and I are both diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. What are some other things do you think too, Ryan, that where people, it's like an, a thing that us ADHDers have in common? So as far as what we have in common, I have found now in working with hundreds of people over the last three years, my coaching practice and impacting thousands of people. Uh, I've had clients in 21 different countries and people all over the globe. And what I've noticed is we're all the same for as different as we are. We're very, mm -hmm. very similar. And what that comes down to is we're passionate people who care deeply about things. And that is why the name of our disorder, attention, deficit hyperactivity disorder. It's not that we don't, it's not that we have a deficit of attention. It's that we have variable attention because we can pay attention when something's interesting to us, we'll, oh, we will yeah. hyper focus on it. And so what I would tell people is find the things that light up your passion and work in those. And in fact, if it's okay to say, one of the gifts I wanted to give to your audience, Angela, was giving them a discount to I have a, a really unique, in my opinion, innovative approach to, and this is going to be great for your career, uh, career coaching clients and anyone looking to make a change, finding work that works for your ADHD. It's a text message yes. based course. And so, and this is all going to be in the show notes. 
but there's a discount code for 30% off of the course. It's a 10 day long course. And I try to make it multimodal, which is the fancy way of saying there's some audio components, there's some written components, there's some texting things, but you're going to get tangible pieces you can take away. But the main overarching part is for the first 15 years of my career, I was trying to force myself to fit into what I thought society wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And they kept telling me, sorry, like that's not good enough. That doesn't, that's not how we do it here. And what's amazing is when I found ADHD coaching and being a content creator, all of a sudden things took off because I could do it my own way. That got me excited. Yes. So that's what I would tell people is find the things that get you really excited and obviously enough to pay the bills too. And do that, do that thing. But as far as being distractible, yes. Uh, My quick tip, even though I work with adults and professionals, one of the biggest things that helped me in my career or my life, I should say, is when I was in college and I talked to the student support services and I was able to, because I shared this when Angie and I talked last time, I had like a pretty much a panic attack. I don't know if it's officially that, but I was in a big lecture hall taking the big exam that I stayed up all night studying for. And all I could hear was the clicking and people chewing gum and the clock ticking and everything. So I went to student services and said, hey, I have ADHD. I'm having a really hard time. And they said, oh, well, why don't you just take it over here where you can get extended test taking time in a distraction reduced environment? And that was a game changer. And now I advocate, I encourage my clients to advocate for themselves for similar kind of accommodations in the workplace too. Oh, I love that, Ryan, because that was our similar story that I was referring to earlier is that mm-hmm. I had that experience in college and yeah. I actually had to take, go and take my tests in separate locations. And the same is true for my husband also diagnosed ADHD. Yeah. So that was super helpful. And then when I, when I understood that about myself, cause it's all about awareness. Cause once you yes. really know yourself, then you can figure out what you need to do to intentionally design your life. As I'm always talking about what works best for you. So even when I ended up getting my first big girl job, as I call it, I advocated for additional, like a different working space. Cause we had that combined working space, which oh my goodness, is so distracting. I think it's not just distracting to people with ADHD, but people in general. But anyways, I advocated so that I could leave and actually go and work at different coffee shops that were nobody was there. So it was way less distracting than the current environment I was in. And they let me do that because I needed that to focus. Yes. So really thinking about, as you said, like what is going to work best for you? And I want to, before um, we end this, because- this is the thing before we started, y'all need to know this, Ryan and I were like, we're going to end on time because we know we have things to do. But when you put two people that have ADHD together, you got to be really intentional with your time. Uh, so anyways, before we go, I, I want everybody to know, um, again, where they can follow you because I, I got to tell you guys, Ryan is hilarious. He's so funny. And thank you. if you go follow his Instagram and he'll tell you all the details of where to find him. Um, and then tell us a little bit more too, Ryan, about your programs, because I yeah. want to know more. Um, Absolutely. But anyways, you'll be so amused by everything he puts out. And it's also, it's not just funny, but it's truly helpful. So go Thank ahead, you. Ryan. So I, I work really hard to be able to provide content for people to, for it to help them to feel, first of all, seen and that they're not alone anymore. 
And when people ask me what I do, I say that I'm a beacon of hope for the people that are in the same place that I was 10 years ago, where I was deep in depression in a really dark place. And I'm just so fortunate that I have a great support system around me. And my wife was saying, Ryan, hey, like me and your family were worried about you because you're so sad and that's not you. You're a happy person. And she, my wife, Andrea, asked me this question that liberated me. She said, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I had this moment of clarity. I would be an ADHD coach so that people know they're not broken because I thought that I was broken, but I, I'm not. I'm just wired differently. So the way that I help people is either through one-on-one coaching, group coaching, a hybrid of those two, because sometimes people want, it's kind of like the chocolate vanilla blend in a swirl. Yeah. They want both. Then I mentioned group, but that's my favorite way because now you can hear other people's stories, but still get the same uh, lessons that you'd learn if you were one-on-one. But then I, I've continued to expand my offering because I don't ever want price to be a thing that stops someone. Because again, I know where I was, where I didn't have any money, but I needed help. I just got to chime in right here. I've also been in that position where I needed help, but I didn't have a lot of extra money for the help. So what's really cool is Ryan offers a variety of services if you do feel like you want that accountability and you need help making progress and you really struggle focusing or ADHD tendencies or holding you back, any of that stuff. I highly recommend him, especially that new course that he has out for people who have ADHD that are looking for the best kind of work for them. If you want to up-level your current career or make a transition, I recommend that course. And listeners of the podcast get 30% off that course, which makes it less than $70. So you can check out all that stuff and the links that are associated with the show notes of this episode, and you can follow Ryan. I highly recommend that you follow him on social media because he's just funny, like I said. Um, And he's also really helpful. Okay, so with all of that said, let's do a quick recap so that you remember some of the strategies that Ryan taught us on helping us stay focused and make progress on the things that matter most to us. So number one, he talked about picking your MVP items. Like every day you should know what are those main important things that you want to be focusing on, that you want to get done. And don't be picking like massive projects really specify that next action step that you need to be taking as it relates to a certain project. For example, for me, I could say course design, like just work on the course. But that's not going to be helpful to my brain. What is helpful is for my brain to see a picture of what I actually need to be doing. So I might say create an outline for the course because maybe that's the first step. So think about whatever it is for you, what's that first step and specifying what those are to make up your MVP items for each day. That's a practice that I have where I pick three things that I'm focusing on for the next day. And uh, the key again is the, to be specific with it. Then make sure that you have a time dedicated to working on those things. I say in the Commit to Your Vision program that we decide when and where. So we, we say where so that you can visualize it and pick a specific time that you'll be working on it. Now, don't be getting all attached to all the things you need to get done at a time. It's like what Ryan said around having a working block. 
you have a set block of time that you're working on the MVP items. But you're not going to be like from this time to this time and like this exact second I'm doing this exact thing because then you start to get a little controlly around the energy. And then I feel like that creates more resistance around it. And research has shown that we are not very good at at estimating how long it takes to actually finish a project. In fact, most people tend to take three times as long as they thought they would on something. So if that is the case, you don't want to be creating the cycle where you like, again, are reinforcing that you are the person that doesn't finish things because you are so attached to how you set up the plan and it didn't work out in the plan. It's frustrating. So just create a block for yourself. Say that you're going to focus, give energy to X thing and see where you get to. That's like coming from that I'm intentional, but I'm unattached kind of energy. The other thing we talked about was how maybe eating the frog, doing that hard thing first, may not work well for you, depending on you as a person. So for me, sometimes the thing that is that I find really hard to do that I already have a lot of resistance around, it can be especially hard for me to do that thing unless I've shifted my energy up. So what I like to do is do a small thing that makes myself proud first, bring my energy up, and then from that high energy place, work on the hard thing. So for me, that's why I like to do my five-minute workouts because afterwards I feel really good and then I feel prepared to flow into something I might have a lot of resistance around, but I'm showing up with the better energy towards it. And then whatever you put into something is what you get out of it. Don't forget that. So the energy that goes into it. So if you're showing up and you have that that good energy towards something, I feel like that everything just flows easier, you know? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say you're not gonna face resistance. We know that that's all a part of life, but like what kind of energy are you gonna be showing up to that resistance with? From what place are you showing up from? You get to, you get to be in control of that. You get to help do the things that get your energy up. You know what they are. And last but not least, we talked about ensuring that you have accountability because you're 95% more likely to follow through on anything if you have accountability, whether you have ADHD or not. So I want you to think about that area of your life that you wanna make progress on. Do you have accountability for that area? I'm talking about, are, are, do you have regular checkups with someone regarding the progress that you're making in that area? For me, my Commit to Your Vision program that's gonna be launching, that's what we're all about, is about accountability and helping you make progress. And then we also help you develop like a map around what that actually looks like, your own training plan to make progress, because that's also essential. But my mastermind group right now, that's a space where I have that accountability. Where is your space? Maybe that's with a group that Ryan has that you could jump into or somewhere else or a good friend or whoever it is. I just want to make sure that you have that in your life. You have the accountability. So if there's one thing you take away from this episode is to add the accountability in some area of your life that you want to make progress on. And if you got that down, cool beans. And then I would say the next priority is that you declare every day what it is that you're going to be focusing on. And maybe that's your MVP items. Maybe that's a, one specific thing that you're focusing on. Just get into the habit, if you haven't already, of directing where your energy goes. Where your intention goes, energy flows there. So setting intentions. I would say for every meeting, for every interaction, for every day, like being intentional. That's what we're about on this show. All right, I hope you enjoyed this. Let Ryan know if you did reach out to him. Say, hey, um, he's so much fun to chat with. 
And thank you so much for leaving podcast reviews. I can't thank you enough. If you haven't done so and you've been listening to this show, please bless me with a podcast review that helps the show grow. All right. I hope you have an amazing day. I will talk to you soon. Bye.